Hey, hey, you're listening to Johnny's Secret Stash, and I'm John Goldman, and you're listening to us on Radio Harbor Country, WRHC, 106.7 FM out of Three Oaks, Michigan, and WRHZ, 93.5 out of Sawyer, Michigan. I am delighted to uh, have with me today uh, Hugh Poole and John Ragusa, both uh, the uh, uh, members of the band Mulebone from New York, uh, a really awesome uh, blues blues duo. Uh, John is a multi-instrumentalist, plays trumpet, plays trombone, plays uh, mouth harp, uh, and, uh, and Hugh Poole uh, plays guitar. Uh, I recall he was playing kind of a cigar box kind of guitar and, you know, could really kind of make string sounds from just about anything and an outstanding singer. And just the two of them um, play a mix of their own uh, versions of songs, um, you know, old-time blues songs like Come On In My Kitchen. Uh, and then they also have a number of, um, of uh, their own songs. They're, uh, they're going to be playing at uh, the livery coming up in, uh, this week. And I'm really delighted to get a chance to talk with them because way before I started thinking about doing a radio show, I uh, met them at Space in Evanston. I was there with some uh, some friends that were also friends with John from home. And uh, we got a chance to go to the green room in the back of Space and got to hear him play. And what a delight. And so it all comes around. It was maybe five, ten years ago and uh, getting a chance to sit down and talk with them again. Before we get there, I want to uh, play one of their songs um, from their 2015 album, just called Mulebone, and it is uh, the song Keep On Moving. And here it is. Moving. 
Mule Bone. Uh, that was Keep On Moving from their uh, album of the same name. Came out in 2015. And awesome album. Uh, I remember getting a long time ago and still uh, rings true. It's uh, really well done. And again, I'm looking forward to talking to them today. Uh, they are playing at uh, the Livery on uh, Saturday, July 9th. And uh, that'll be a good one. Also, uh almost forgot to do this, but uh, Johnny's Secret Stash is underwritten by Kara's Cottages. One of downtown Kalamazoo's first Airbnbs, Kara's Cottages are within walking distance of local shops, breweries, and some of Michigan's most beautiful walking trails. Additional information at karascottages.com. That's Kara's and Cottages with a K. John Ragusa, how are you? Welcome to the show. Oh. Hey, thanks, John. I understand um, you're uh, on the streets of New York, and uh, so we might hear some some uh, um, 
fire engines or police cars or maybe even people talking on the street. That's that's a that's some real blues right there. <laughs> You're gonna catch the buzz. You're gonna catch the, <laughs> the buzz in the you know on the street exactly. I'm on Amsterdam Avenue, so um, yeah, uh, it's it's great to be here. Nice to meet you. I mean, actually looking forward to meet you in person. Yeah, me too. Me too. At the show, but uh, yeah, thank you for having us. Or you know, hopefully my partner Hugh will be on board soon. But if he's not, um, I'll try very hard to carry the load. Okay, <laughs> no problem. So uh, I actually saw you guys. Uh, I'm trying to think of when it was, but I think it was after your. 2015 album um, uh, Keep On Moving came out. So I thought oh. it was earlier than that, but I saw you at Space in Evanston. And oh, that's right. We had some uh, mutual friends who uh, we were with, and uh, you were kind enough to bring us into the green room and got to see the green room at Space, right. which was yeah, really which was a, cool. A nice, a, a nice green room. Yeah, yeah it was a really nice green room. It's huge. <laughs> Had you know, like big comfy couches and stuff, and yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so, and now you're going to be playing at uh, the livery on uh, Saturday night. But it sounds yeah. like you, you've got a whole tour that you guys are doing. Um, so, so the two of you are based out of New York, both New York City. Is that right? Yes, you know now New York City is. You know, I, I mean, not everyone knows this who doesn't live here, but there are five boroughs, and when people say New York. Most everybody assumes they mean Manhattan. Yeah. But now Hugh lives in Brooklyn. Uh -huh. And as a Brooklyn, as a, you know, Brooklynite, you know, I'm sure he, along with many other people who live <laughs> in Brooklyn, feel like, hey, you know, Brooklyn's just as much as New York. That's <laughs> right. Maybe but, even more. Know, but it's funny, too, because a lot of times people list us as the Brooklyn duo. And I think to myself, hey, you know, I live in Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. But it's 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 actually great because New York City is is re remarkably diverse. And I mean, it's really kind of it's an amazing it's truly the American melting pot. And um, and, you know, Brooklyn and Manhattan each are, you know, worlds onto themselves. And in those worlds, it's incredible diversity. Yeah. So, you, know, you know, Huey has a studio in Brooklyn and he lives in Brooklyn. And I used to have a studio here in Manhattan. I don't anymore. Uh, not the same kind of recording studio Hugh had, but a, um, a music studio. And uh, but now, and I live here, so um, you know we're we make it work and we connect. And you know, there's a lot of a lot of uh, mass transit, and you know, uh, we um, we we basically kind of launch our tours from. The big city. That's great. You get your carry all your stuff on the subway and and make it to the airport and don't have to use your cars or anything. Or are you are you going to be uh, using your car for the tour? Oh yeah. Well, actually, right now we rent a uh, we rent a van or or a oh big there you SUV go. or whatever yeah. it is. You know, uh, we used to I used to drive my van. I had a, a pretty nice big van and. Uh, but over the years, um, well, my last one was stolen. <laughs> oh stolen from the streets of New York. That's wow. bad PR. I got to yeah. say, that's actually terrible PR because 
Um, most of the time, you feel because most, pretty I safe. mean, I live in a neighborhood that there's very, very little crime. Yeah. And it was just, a, it was like a very abnormal, weird thing. But it was a very nice looking, brand new car. And some, <laughs> That's uh, <all> tech. <laughs> somebody, you know, either sent it to Europe or sent it to a chop shop. Yeah. But, yeah. I hear you. <laughs> so well, let, let's not get, <laughs> let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. I, uh, so Mule Bone is uh, John Ragusa on multi instrumentalist, uh, flute, trumpet. Well, cornet, maybe even mouth harp. What other instruments do you play, John? Um, I'm mostly playing various kinds of flutes and penny whistles and wood flutes. And then, as you say, I have a pocket trumpet. Pocket and, trumpet. Um, and uh, yeah, m- mouth harp, uh, juice harp, mouth harp. Here we go. There, um, oh, there it is. Yeah, yep. on, and, on um, schedule. Yep, and uh, also uh, I play the conch shell, which is a oh, that's right, yeah, thing you know, um, and a few other little oddities here and there. I mean, my family of flutes are kind of diverse. Oh so yeah, I have big, big low flutes and, and middle middle range flutes and high flutes and different things like that. And you probably know that Hugh plays a variety of of uh, guitar like instruments, stringed instruments. Yeah, exactly, including some that he's made himself right right and some that are very uh uniquely uh, kind of specialized really cool uh really cool instruments with a very specific vibe you know cigar box right. guitars one's one is a cigar box guitar but it's really not that it's more like a dulcimer like a three-string dulcimer <laughs> wow and, and it's got a really very unique sound and and uh, you know tuning and, and it's it's used for only a couple of tunes, but it's a beautiful color, really beautiful thing, you know. And then he plays a, you know, a very old national steel guitar that that he uses, you know, on for slide guitar, which which is very connected to the the, the Delta Blues, you know, the original sound right. from Sunhouse and all those people, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and and so, I mean, you know, you've brought these very unusual instruments to a type of you know a genre of music which you know kind of delta blues and uh you know how did you how did you get going down that road it's not like you took traditional delta blues instruments and tried to work it into um delta blues songs you you've taken these instruments that you know maybe don't have a uh you know a history with any particular music and decided to play the Delta Blues. And how, how did that come about? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you're right about that. There, there aren't that many traditional Delta Blues styles that include these instruments. But there are, um, but, but before I answer the question about how it came about, I, I do want to say that there are some other styles, you know, like in the North Mississippi Hills, that do use flutes and, and fights, actually. Oh. Um, and uh, I mean, there's some that are fife and drum bands from from the Mississippi Hills, um, and you know, people like Othar Turner or Napoleon Strickland. There are people who um, who played some remarkably beautiful and you know, kind of like really groovy, uh, you know, elemental kind of you know, simple but but compelling, really emotionally charged music and they did use the flutes but there are other you know for instance they might use a, a fife and, and i do have a fife and i do play that but i might use a penny whistle or i might play a flute in a very crude 
you know, or, or very, I, I don't necessarily mean to just, uh, the, the word crude is not a, not pejorative. It, it means like, you know, more like a, a less um, refined way, you know. Sure, sure. So, uh-huh. but, but, but then now to answer your question, I have to say that they, what I've always felt about music and what I think is my, when I'm, when I'm on my contribution, what I really do is I'm all about trying to understand and feel the, the song, the, 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 the vibe, the, the, the style of, the, of music, and then be responsive to that with whatever instrument I have. And then, of course, if I have a large range of instruments, I have a little bit more of a choice in terms of what might, what color might be the best one, you know. But, but, um, but an artist, if you just have like a black piece of charcoal, you could do a lot with it, you know. And of course, if you had a, a whole array of oil paints, you could mix and match the paints. So for me, as a as a wind player and as a singer as well, I think about um, the emotional and the the um, the, the historic, you know, roots of the vibe or the or the style of the, the song, you know, and maybe connect with some of the the things that I'm aware of that other people have done, and then I think about what the what the with the really specific uh, energy of, of, you know, that needs, that the song requires. So I think to myself, oh, I could, you know, instead of just picking up the same instrument on every song, I can adapt, you know, and I can, uh, I'm, I'm not wed to, to one or two instruments, even though, for instance, the concert flute is my major thing and I, if I had one instrument to play, that's probably all I have. But um, but I can, you know, play an alto flute, or I could play a, a trumpet, or I could play a, a penny whistle, and and feel like I can get the emotional um, connection to the song through that. Right. So I don't know if that's I don't know if that's oh not, yeah no I clear I, answer, but that's kind of where I'm going. I, I definitely understand what you're talking about. You, you know, you're you're taking the essence of the music and kind of in, you know, bringing your own uh, spin to it with the various instruments that you make. And, and you probably get more emotion out of the various types of instruments than using just a standard instrument. You can, you can dig even deeper into that, you know, emotional essence of, of uh, real Delta blues. And that's that's well, your focus. It sounds like uh, you know more like the Delta style blues and uh, and that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I think you're right about everything there. I think you're totally right. Um, I, I would say two things in addition. One is um, that contradicting what I said. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, if you just gave me one instrument, I could find a way to make that instrument adapt. And, and speak differently to different songs. And I think it's important that it's really not about like just the fact that you're pushing a different color button for each song. You know, it's really more about the, the player, the, the, the person behind the instrument, you know? So the way that I approach the song is, is, is extremely, um, it's, 
it's the essence, the essential quality of what what happens. You know, right. the instrument then becomes the the um, literally the instrument of expression. You know, it's like it's that's that's how you do it. But I could do that. I could make the expression with honestly. If I just did have one flute, you know, like a, a, a concert C flute or an alto flute or whatever. I could I can make that work for everything and really feel like I can get different colors on it. And there's there's other things related to that which have to do with extended techniques and what have you. But but back to one one more thing that I do want to address, which is the term that that we're using a, a couple of times here, which is Delta Blues. And it's true we're we're very connected to Delta Blues. Of course, everybody knows the you know the John, Muddy the, the, Waters, Robert Johnson was Robert like you Johnson. know kind of the, the founder of a lot of that. Muddy Waters exactly you know. You know, but there's a lot of there's a huge range of of blues and music that is not just blues that we that we that we uh, integrate into our style. You know, uh-huh, there's, country, uh-huh. there's really country blues. There's Piedmont blues. There's fingerpick style blues. That he, I mean, he was a remarkable guitarist and remarkable musician where he's bringing in. I mean, he could just like in a in a matter of of a set of music, you, you you're going to be hearing. I mean, you know, I'm going to say this, but then I'm going to also put a footnote on it. I'm, you know, you're going to be hearing him playing everything from like you know Lightning Hopkins to Sunhouse to to Robert Johnson to Muddy Waters to Johnny Winter to you know like and but but really you're going to be hearing Hugh Poole. You're going to be hearing him. Right. So it's, right. it's a beautiful thing, you know. It's you know, and I mean, like John Prine, you know, like folk sure. style, you know, the, like the whole range, and 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 rock, and, and there's rock elements. I mean, you know, like we're we're we just we've been covering a, a Hendrix tune, you know, and it's and but we're doing it in our own way, so it's not just rock, really, yeah. you know. Um, and as you know, there's all these styles, kind of. There's a lot of cross-pollination, so it's not just one thing. Right, right. Well, so, so in the various albums that you guys have put out, some of them have been covers of songs like uh, Come On In My Kitchen, but right, others right. appear to be things that you uh, that you guys wrote. Well, there's a lot of original material, a lot, and most of it is written by Hugh, and, uh, and he's a really good writer. Um, and like, for instance, hold on one second. Yep. You weren't kidding. That's a big, that's a big bowl of art. That you weren't kidding. That's a quite the throughway for. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. fire trucks. And, and, and actually, as a New Yorker, I can tell you which hospitals and which ambulances <laughs> have which sounds and which are the loudest. That one, that uh, Mount Sinai, right up the street. That's one of the loudest ones. Yeah. Really Mount Sinai is obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. They should they should bring that down about like thirty decibels. But anyway, um, uh. Where were we? So um, well, so Hugh writes a lot of the songs, and uh, oh yeah, yeah. So writing. How, well, how did you yeah. guys I, I, meet I've each other? I've written a couple, but but uh-huh. Hugh writes most of the material, and he's you know he's just really bringing in a lot of beautiful ideas, and and he's very you know he's very melodic, and you know our second album. Um, um, Was that the New Morning or yeah, um, New Morning? Though? Yeah, no, that's right, New Morning. And, and you know the, the, the tune "New Morning," which is a slower tune, you know it's 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 sort of a favorite of a lot of people that that know us. And 
you know, and, and keep on moving the record that you mentioned. That's 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 the title song that he wrote. Those songs are pretty. They they have a great feel and a great hook. You know, people kind of um, connect right away to them. You know? Right. So right. yeah, so we do a lot of originals. I mean, increasingly we've done more and more, but we love. It is music is music. So so, you know, we did a, a gig the other night in in. A, a, the bar that we've been playing for 25 years in New York called the Ear Inn. It's down in Lower Manhattan. It's uh, one of the oldest bars in Manhattan. It was uh-huh. established in uh, 1827, I think. Anyway, um, uh, the first set we ended up playing nothing but you know, kind of folk traditional covers yeah. and stuff, and it was uh-huh. it just sort of happened, and it was beautiful. It was really great. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, that's the thing about uh, those, you know, original blues songs. No one was writing them down, and they were teaching them to each other, and or stealing them from each other, and uh, you know, so they, uh, everyone kind of put their own little spin on it. But it, it came back to kind of the same, a little bit of the same groove, and uh, some of the same parts of the song. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. you know, to, to, for you to take those songs and then take them to the next level and incorporate, you know, your own, you know, whatever, lack of a better word, your own biases and your own, and your own oh, thoughts yeah. our, about our, the our own, area. Our own style, our own vibe. Our yeah. Own, exactly. Uh, bias, however you want to put it. Yeah. Um, I mean, but that's what all musicians do. That's I mean, right. That's what all, yeah. That's what all, you know, uh, you know, real musicians do. You make I mean, it your own though. Yeah. And we. And it's uh, nobody gets possessive. It's it's a beautiful thing, right? Right. You know, I mean, think about it. There's in the Western scale, you know, what are there, there's twelve, you know, tones. You know, it's like, you know, so I mean, how many things can you do with that? You can do. You know, I mean, you know, <laughs> there's okay, limits. <laughs> computer, you could probably do infinite amount, but literally, melodies are going to be using the same tones, you yeah. know, and the, and, the, and the progressed chord harmonic you know, chord progressions, you know, especially in the blues, we're talking about relatively, um, you know, simpler harmonic structure. Right. But even that is not always the case. I mean, you know, sometimes we're, you know, we're defining, you know, the, the, the traditional harmonies, which is nice. You know? Yeah. But, but I wish, we, I wish Huey were here because, uh, you know, I, he has a really great take on things and, um, as I, as you know, he's the guitar player. He's the harmonic backbone of the band, and and um, he he could speak to it, you know, sure, very, sure, very eloquently. How and so you were saying you guys have been playing together for twenty five years. Is that right? Yeah, about right. So yeah. I mean, I, I, how did I don't that all begin? On the map, but I think that's right. <laughs> how did that all? Uh, how did you all get started with that? Well. It's a long story, but basically I was for a number of years, I was doing bookings for everything from clubs to eventually I had my own booking agency in New York City where I did exclusive events. I was doing kind of high end events for for um, everything from all the different museums to, you know, uh, corporate heads. I did some very, very exclusive events. The last event I did was a buyout of of the Museum of Natural History for the for the uh, King of Jordan and the and the and the Premier or King whatever he oh, wow. of Cutter yeah seriously and 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 it involved 
six different ensembles. It was like a six-figure job. It was just a crazy, you know, wild thing. And but but way early, I was booking for a couple of clubs, and I was booking for a little club in uh, Westchester County in White Plains, New York. And and I was just trying to get creative, and I didn't want to do the typical bar band stuff. And somebody told me about Hugh, and I checked him out. And this is so far. I mean, it's amazing how far we've come in 20, 25 years. But literally, when I booked him and, and when I talked to him, there was no internet. I mean, there was, I couldn't right. look up his music on the internet. <laughs> I mean, he had to send me a packet of, like, you know, by mail. Yeah, we take that kind of stuff for granted of, at this point. Of, yeah, it was wild, you know, of, of like newspaper clippings and, and, and cassettes or something like that, you know. And, and, but all said and done, I was blown away. By, by what I heard and blown away by the, the by the vibe and the authenticity of his of his voice and his, I mean to say I mean, I've talked about his his guitar playing but but his singing is is truly like it's truly a, 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 a very high art He's, you know and I was kind of blown away by it and um and I called him cold and booked him on a gig for you know whatever you know like a hundred dollars a man or something in a little little joint and was he playing by himself at that time or did he have a no, band he had a, i think he had a trio i think i booked him as a trio and <laughs> <laughs> and then i was very bold and i literally and i literally like walked up on the gig you know with a flute in my hand <laughs> and i said hey man you mind if i sit in i don't know whatever possessed me but i just felt like i just felt Felt pretty right. confident that it was gonna that it, something was good about it was gonna happen, you know. What was and, your uh, musical experience prior to that? Had you uh, been playing oh, with I, any yeah. bands or? Just... Oh yeah, no, no. I got. I'll, I'll tell you that in a second. But yeah. but but anyway, it, 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 we clicked. Yeah. We clicked, and 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 then I ended up having a couple gigs where I, you know, I, uh, where I needed somebody else to play, and and I called him, and we, you know, we just hit it off musically and personally and then then we just started rolling you know and we had we had a few really beautiful runs we we, we did this beautiful gig on nantucket island for years where we go out for weeks at a time and brought our families and, and got to you know spend like really deep long periods of time developing our sound and our vibe and what we're you know exploring you know our you know, our repertoire and, you know, learning about each other. That was how we did it. So it was great. And, you know, and then, then we just took off. Yeah. We, yeah. We so our first it, record, you know, during that, that initial period and that first record self-titled Mulebone album was pretty successful for a small little record. Did and, you um, guys self-produce it? Sounds like Hugh has yeah, a studio. Yeah, yeah, and... yeah. Yeah. Well, he was a, he was an engineer, recording engineer. Uh, and he had, at that point he had a very small little, home studio but he but he also was connected to a, a bigger studio which eventually he took over called Excello and it's a great studio here comes another one Hold yeah on. yeah here that sounds like a European right, yeah. uh... hey, this is the European sound <laughs> Hold on. oh good that's yeah uh, I prefer that one to the other <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of fun <laughs> yeah so anyway you know he, he yeah so he he's he was I mean, he's a, he's incredible um, oh yeah yeah. And gifts for us that for him to be so, um, so uh, talented as a as a recording engineer and um, 
and to have the actual setup, you know, it's uh-huh. pretty, it's pretty amazing. So and to have his own musical right talent there. too. I mean, that that's oh, probably oh, helps yeah. in that ability to properly oh, capture other people's sounds and stuff. Yeah, and he, and he has a career as a producer. I mean, he's produced lots of people. He's recorded and produced lots of people. He's recorded and produced Debbie Harry, Taj Mahal. Oh, wow. Uh, oh. You know, yeah, like, you know, like heavyweights. Yeah. Well, Taj Mahal, he is, he is one of the last of the last. I mean, he's, uh, you know, he came into yeah. his own like early 60s and he's still yeah. playing strong. Or he's still out oh, there yeah. anyway. But, oh, uh, yeah. You ever get a chance to play with uh, with someone like that? I've never played with Taj. Um, he, as I say, Huey's you know recorded him and, right. and worked with him. No, my, I've worked with some great players, but not Taj. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh, he, I, that would be delightful. I mean, I he tells a funny story. I mean, I I won't be able to really give it the the um, the full Hugh effect. That, that, no, I won't be able to do that. But basically. When Taj came in the studio and he was like, you know, like his whole aura and, you know, this big, beautiful guy. And he's like, you know, he's, he's Taj Mahal. And, yeah. then, and then like the first thing out of his mouth sounded like he was like a cabbie from Boston. You know, it's like Hubie, <laughs> he, he just was cracking up. It's like he had this big, strong Boston accent. It was really funny. So that he talks about that. And I thought that was really funny. Yeah. I don't know if I knew that um, Taj Mahal had a. Had a um, well, apparently, a, apparently, you know, yeah. I never New, heard it. New England accent. I have seen him talk. You know, I've seen him live, and I've seen him talk in between tunes and what have you. And um, and I didn't notice it that strong, but I think maybe you know when he's off stage or when he's right. doing his thing. Yeah, yeah. I think it might come out a little stronger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he is great though. I mean, I uh, I was just talking to someone the other night. I think um, uh, Taj Mahal. Like was born into a a family where his dad was like Caribbean and was his own yeah big time musician the, yeah. and right and then Taj Mahal was gonna be like a um a farmer and then he like kind of had to make a choice and ended up being a yeah. musician and and here yeah, he is good, good for all of us <laughs> yeah yeah he well and he also inspired uh, Dwayne Allman to learn how to play slide guitar. Uh, I don't know if you knew that story, but actually, um, I, I don't. I didn't know that. Oh I yeah, you would know that, but I didn't know that. So Greg Allman, um, Dwayne was sick. So Greg Allman gave him, um, like, I, you know, I don't know how old these guys were at the time. I think it was the late sixties, and he gave uh, Dwayne that first album with that house on the front. I don't. It might just be his yeah. oh, self-titled yeah, yeah, album. Well, that was, is that the record with Ry Cooter? No. No, no. No, I th- no it's his uh, first solo album. I know which one you mean. Yeah. So yeah. He, he hands him that album, and he hands him like a bottle of medicine or something. He took the bottle well, of medicine and well, used it, that as that, a slide. That, that's that's a, a core Seedon bottle. And that, yes. that, I wish he was here, because I will not even try to tell that story. But basically, that the whole core Seedon bottle thing is a, is a, mythical epic story for guitar players yeah Hugh does, does have one actually yeah. oh, well, as, a, as, yeah. as every good sly guitarist must have yeah, yeah. yeah. well That's I don't amazing. I don't think they're available for everybody they're hard to come by I just but, I saw one in can't remember the name of the shop the big one of the big guitar shops in Nashville and I did see one down there and it was like 50 for sixty dollars for oh, a God. bottle, yeah, slide. which someone <laughs> threw away a generation before that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, how did you develop your musical style and and come to learn all these various uh, winds instruments? Well, for me, um, I 
I was trained as a trumpet player in, you know, originally and, and through through high school and into college. I went to college as, as a trumpet player. Oh, wow. Taught, all right. So yeah, I taught myself the flute on the side. Uh-huh. And, and I taught myself all wrong. <laughs> well, I really did. And the, the first great flute teacher I had, who really is like very important to me, her name is Wendy Stern. She was a, a student of Julius Baker, like a very top level student of, of, of the great Julius Baker. Who, uh, and anyway, uh, she, the first thing she ever said to me was, Oh, wow. I love the way you play. You're doing everything wrong. It's going to take you a year to unlearn it and learn the right way. (laughs) (laughs) So, but it was, it's funny, but it's true. And and I did in fact have to relearn a lot of things for a long period of time. But, but when I started teaching myself the flute and, and even when I, you know, especially when I did teach myself just my own way, which was technically not correct, what I what I loved about the instrument and what I loved about the experience was that it was just about expression. It was just about it was just about the the emotional expression and the and the, the ability to uh, to find colors on an instrument. You know, You're so, right? And then and then I started, you know, exploring collaborations and I ended up playing with a bunch of different types of people and uh, and I discovered that that I was pretty happy playing the, you know like collaborating that's that's you know I have to say that maybe the bottom line of my entire musical career is that I I, I feel like my strength is as a collaborator it's like what I what I bring to uh-huh. the table with another musician because uh, because I have a, a, um, a feel for what they are doing, and I want to, I want to um, acknowledge and you know accentuate, amplify uh, their talent. Yeah, the, the, the vibe, right? And and then through what I do, it's it's synergy, it's uh, alchemy, whatever you want to call it. You know, it's like you, 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 you know, the the additional charge, the additional energy or component of what I bring just changes the. The, the, the changes it a bit right so that's what i was doing and i started doing that with a couple different types of of musicians and then at one point i was in I was living in albany i i in fact the, the flute teacher i mentioned wendy um i ended up after a long period of time going back to music school and studying with her in albany at a little school called the college of st rose which i would never have gone to if it wasn't for the fact that she was teaching me. Uh-huh. and and that's the reason i did that and so anyway i um, I ended up meeting a guitarist there who, who was a very accomplished uh, fingerstyle guitar player. He who was like kind of focused a little bit more on the Piedmont style mm-hmm. and Merle Travis style, you know, Travis picking kind of style stuff. And we had we ended up getting a little duo going for a while. It was called Not Necessarily the Blues. It was in Albany, and we had a thing, you know, and it was kind of strong. And I started learning a little bit about how to you know, how to make my instruments work in, in, in the, the blues styles. And, um, you know, I remember the first time I played the penny blues style, I was like, Oh, I can really be expressive with this. Uh And then, and then shortly after that, I ended up playing, well, I played with a few world music instrument players and, um, 
met and played with Paul Horn, who was a very well-known, uh, very actually very important figure in, in the flute world. Um, and But eventually I ended up playing with a singer-songwriter from Nashville by the name of Beth Nissen Chapman. And I have to credit Beth and my experience with her as being the single most important thing that's ever happened to me in terms of understanding how to put my ego, my my chops, my my concepts about what to play and how to play second and how to just listen to the music and um, and address that rather than coming at it from my you know from my what I perceived as my strengths you know like oh I can I can tear this thing up you know I'm gonna play the heck, heck out of this thing you know no right instead of right. that instead of that I was like listening to her play this stunningly beautiful tune and realizing that the only thing that was needed was just, a, you know, just this very subtle little color here, you know, and that was it. Yeah. And, that, and less is more, you know? So, so working with Beth, who has become like one of my dearest friends, I just, I, I love her. She's an incredibly beautiful person and an amazing writer. And for anybody who I, I, I'm going to bet that a lot of people listening would know who she is, Beth Nielsen Chapman, um, she's written tons of songs. I mean, you know, Elton John led off his farewell tour after um, after uh, Princess Diana and also his friend, uh, whatever his name, but, you know, the Italian designer. Um, what's his name? Uh, oh, the guy from Florida? The guy that uh, got killed in Florida? No. Oh. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, he ended up leading off his tour with one of her songs. And she wrote this kiss for Faith Hill and, you know, all these different songs. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I played with her and I just learned so much. And she was so kind and patient with me because I really, oh, my God, you know, probably she could have fired me, in the, in, you know, in the first week because I was just playing too much, you know, yeah. <laughs> just like thinking like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm bringing too much to the table here. But really, <laughs> it's like it wasn't about me. She it's was patient. Her. Yeah. Yeah. It's about her and her songs, you know, and, 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 and the spirit of the song. So I learned so much with her and I played with her for a long time. I played with her actively for 15 years and I, I'm still, I still consider myself to be a, a bandmate of hers, even though I haven't played a gig in a, a year or two with her. I'm sure I will again. And, you know, um, and she, as I say, she's a dear friend, but, but that changed my whole perspective on, on, um, on colors and playing and emotions and bringing, Especially on on um, playing as a as a flutist, you know the instrument, the flute, it, the flute itself, and a lot of wind instruments, saxophone, clarinets, they're different than um, than than other instruments. You know, you can move your fingers pretty fast. You could do fast scale runs. You could do chromatic runs. You can you can you get technically proficient, and you know. It, there's, it's a little seductive, you know. So I, I, you know, I still with Neil Bone love, love the, love the, you know, the, to break it out like, like that. Of, yeah, and, and yeah. Hughie's, he, I mean, you know, there are times that Hughes, you know, on the harmonica and on the guitar. I mean, he's virtuosic, and so there are times when we get into that, and there's, you know, there's kind of like a little element of virtuosity in it, and and that's exciting. So, but you don't, but you don't want to hear that all night long. It's like your mind would start you know, going numb, you know? So, <laughs> um, 
so I, you know, that's how I mean, the answer to your question is a very long answer, but I learned by adapting to different people and, and, and back to Beth, she sort of was the experience that really taught me how to, how to collaborate, you know? And right. Right. So, and now, and I play with a bunch of friends. I have a really good friend. His name is Peter. He lives up in Massachusetts. He's a doctor. He just retired. He's a great singer songwriter, kind of, you know, like a amateur. He started out as an amateur singer songwriter uh-huh. just kind of on the side. And I love playing with him because I just love finding, you know, like his material in his songs. And I, I bring out accentuated and yeah, I think I bring out the best in his songs and in his vibe. He loves playing with me. And now I'm thinking like, Oh, I, I know what, you know, I, I listen to, you know, to what, what is out there and the best musicians play. Often they play less, they play simpler, they play Uh more they were they're more kind of you know um and so i'm learning that it's a constant experience of of learning and and becoming you know more more experienced and better at it right right well john uh we're getting to the point where i think you've got to leave uh yeah actually yeah Uh, i guess so I, i guess we've gone we've gone Past uh, my half hour, but but I I've been enjoying it. I'm yeah, sorry, oh, I really appreciate you coming on, and uh, it was a <laughs> pleasure talking to you. So you guys, Mulebone, John Ragusa, and uh, Hugh Poole are going to be playing at the Livery up in Benton Harbor on Saturday, July 9th. And sounds like you've got places to get to before that's you know before you get to the Livery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're doing okay. a whole tour, the Midwest tour. Yeah. Can I just kind of, would you mind if I just added a couple quick little things? Sure, uh, yeah. So the livery was one of our first gigs in, in Michigan. Not our very first, but one of our first. We loved the place. We, we met we met the brew, uh, the brewmaster there, Steve Bertel, and he's uh, become a very good friend of ours. He's no longer there. Right. He's, he's a brilliant brewer, and in fact, he's brewing a Mule Bone IPA this summer. Oh, us. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really right. rocking. He did it last year for us. And, um, but we are playing all over the state and, and quite a bit up in the northwest. And we do have a website, which is mealbonemusic.com. We have a poster that's um, going to be on our, I think it's on our website. And if it's not, it's on our Facebook page, which is Mealbone Music. We have a Twitter thing, which is Mealbone Music. We have a uh, Instagram, which is Mealbone Music. And, you know, it's sort of all available through there. So if anybody's interested and you want to check it out, we welcome, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the, the traffic to check it out. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, it'd be, it'd be awesome. We really do have a lot of fun in Michigan. We love Michigan. I mean, seriously, it's like, what a special state we've had. We've developed lots of good friends. Um, this is, I think our, our 12th, I think it's our 12th summer doing this tour. And it's just Michigan. You're just going all around Michigan, it sounds well, like. Well, not exclusively. Oh, no, okay. we, usually, we usually, you know, we play en route and on, on the way out. Uh, I mean, uh-huh. we've, we've done everything from, we played everywhere from New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, uh, Wisconsin, Indiana, uh, Illinois, you know, Chicago. And we will, this time, we'll be in a few of those other places. Yeah. But, uh, but, but we are playing mostly in Michigan. So... Yeah. One more quick question. What did yeah, you please. guys do during the pandemic? Were you able to play together? Did you try to do anything online? Did you just uh, take it, a break? It hurt. Yeah. It hurt just like, yeah, like for everybody. It really did. It really put a cramp in our style for a long time. Um, but, you know, we're, we're back. I mean, we, 
we did a few things. We were able to, um, you know, we were able to, uh, at some point we started doing some rehearsals and recordings a little bit, you know, and, but uh, don't you think we should put that behind us? <laughs> That's right. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, again, thanks again. And uh, looking forward to seeing you on Saturday night at the livery. Um, Please, John. Yeah, I'll John be the guy with travels. The, I'll, yeah, I'll be the guy with the flute and no hair. That's <laughs> right. And I think Hugh's like six five, right? He's like and really he's, tall. And he's six six, a lot of hair. That's, yeah. So that's you can't miss him. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks All right, again. John, Take it easy. Thanks for having us. Okay, man. All right. Be well. Bye. That was John Ragusa, half of uh, the band Mulebone, based out of uh, New York, Brooklyn, and uh, Manhattan. And they're playing at the livery amongst uh, many other venues uh, on their way out in this direction. And, you know, really a, a fun band and outstanding musicians and um, just some really good, good original and uh, covers of blues. And I'm, I'm going to uh, I'm going to play us uh, this song, um, New Morning, which is um, the uh which is the uh, key track from their 2011 album called New Morning. And here they are, Mule Bone.
Mulebone with their original song, uh, New Morning, from their New Morning album from 2011. And uh, Hugh Poole on guitar, vocals, uh, mouth harp, and uh, John Ragusa, who we just talked to on all kinds of, um, uh, all kinds of wind instruments, flute, trumpet, um, uh, mouth harp also. <laughs> Uh, everything but singing, it sounds like. And uh, coming to the livery on Saturday, July 9th. Looking forward to seeing him. Uh, you're listening to Johnny's Secret Stash. I'm John Goldman, and you're listening to us on uh, Radio Harbor Country, WRHC, 106.7 FM out of Three Oaks, Michigan, and WRHZ, 93.5 out of Sawyer, Michigan. And Johnny's Secret Stash is underwritten by Kara's Cottages, one of downtown Kalamazoo's first Airbnbs. Kara's Cottages are within walking distance of local shops, breweries, and some of Michigan's most beautiful walking trails. Additional information at karascottages.com. That's Kara's and Cottages with a K. And I'm going to close you out with uh, another Mulebone song, or another song played by Mulebone off of their 2012 Bluesville Sessions album, and it's uh, Tupelo Honey. Here we go. Drop a smack dab in the middle of the deep blue sea She's the sweetest Tupelo honey She's an angel of the first degree She's the sweetest Tupelo honey 
just like honey, baby, from the beach. You can't stop us not on the road to freedom. You can't blind us while our eyes can see. Men of foresight, men covered in granite, lasting all for being on chivalry. She's a sweet ass. To below, honey. She's an angel of the first degree. She's as sweet as to below, honey. Just like honey, baby, from the main. Drop it smack dab in the middle of the deep blue sea. She is as sweet as Tupelo, honey. She's an angel of the fast degree. She's as sweet as Tupelo, honey. Just like honey, baby, from the mean. Just like honey, baby. 